0: Hi there, this is Pastor Ty, the Associate Pastor at Chippewa United Methodist Church, and I'm glad that you're here with us. This podcast today comes from our Bible study series on Paul's letter to the Philippians. You're going to be able to find links to the resources we've used uh, in each session in the description below. This week, we're diving into chapter one, so come along. So, Philippians! Uh, Philippians is just such a nice little book, and I'm excited to be able to spend this time with all of you. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to keep us just to an hour. You know, we're not, we don't need to be here forever. Um, I'm sure we could be. <laughs> I'm sure we could get into some good conversations, um, but I, I just want to, I'm excited to look at this, at this book, though, and just to be able to talk through it and and share in it together um so I do have some little things that I'll share and I that's why I um I brought this screen up I do have a video for today so I know that the sound on this screen is much better than the one that's behind it so we'll share that and it's one that's uh, public domain and so can be found um, on a website so we'll be able to share that but anything else that I put on the screen I will email to you if you would like so it's not something that you have to be scribbling notes or or something like that but I'll make sure that you have those resources sources too, um, so that you can use them whenever you'd like, (laughs) or refer back to them, but um, so here in the study of, uh, in our study of Philippians, um, I don't know about you, I don't, what kind, I just thought I'd I'd mention, I am like a Bible junkie, I feel like, like any translation and every, uh, you know, different type of Bible. So like right now my, I'm studying anytime I'm reading or studying, I'm I'm using the Christian standard Bible, but it's one that I hadn't read before. Like I hadn't read that translation. So I'm, I'm really getting into that. And I, so I don't know if you have a study Bible or just a Bible that you just love that you want to do all of your study in. Um, but I, I've also really found, um, I have an NIV study Bible that I really love and appreciate that has really great, um, it's actually the Quest study Bible, the NIV Quest study Bible, and so it has great maps and really neat commentaries just that go along through the side, and then in seminary, I had, um, so it's over in my office, that's a new revised standard version, and um, it includes the Apocrypha there in the middle, um, which is typically seen as, like, the um, other, other books that did not make it into the canon other than the Catholic, within the Catholic uh, faith, and or denomination, I should say, not faith. Um, so I have that, but it has exceptional footnotes in it. Um, so I don't know what you find you love, but I hope you've got your Bible that you love to work in. And if it's a struggle for you, then I'm going to encourage you to find one that you just feel you can really get a lot out of. Um, so, uh, like I said, I am using the, um, Holman Christian Bible, Holman Christian standard, Christian standard, whatever, um. So when I'm if I'm reading something and you're like oh where'd that come from I don't I don't recognize that or that doesn't look like mine that just so you know that's the version that I'm I'm looking at and that I'm reading from. Um, so I found a, a resource called the Bible Project online, and they do really neat videos, and um, so. I'm going to show us the video that they do for the letter to the Philippians, for Paul's letter to the Philippians, just to give us the overview of what we're about to engage in and embark on. (laughs) But then from there... Uh, we'll talk about a few other little historical things, but really, I just want to go verse by verse. I just want to talk it out. I just want to look at it and wrestle with it and dig it, all right? Okay. <laughs> I love the way the Bible Project just puts the entire book of a Bible together together in an illustration and helps to break it down and pull things apart and just puts all that information together right there for us. Um, So I just think that's really neat. So I'm going to make sure that you have that too. And and we're going to use it to kind of help us um, along the way. But as we, um, as we get going, though, with Philippians, it's always nice to do a little history, a little background, right? And I don't know what your Bible offers you in the way of an introduction. Um, but, oh, goodness, I'm in 2 Corinthians. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> we were talking about that before we got started. Let me go to Philippians. Um, so I don't know how you... How your Bible, if you have some kind of introduction there, um, but it talks about uh, mine does, and and we can talk a little bit more about how um, how Philippian, how Philippi, the place Philippi, um, Paul actually went there on his second missionary journey. So I don't know if you can see too clearly, but it's in red, so hopefully that is helpful, that if Paul started his second missionary journey here in Antioch, he went up here, through Asia Minor, and over here is Philippi, okay, so this would be like Turkey, blah, 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 Rome's way over there, here's Philippi, Rome's over there, so Philippi, he was there in about 51, And that, um, is when this little church began this little, uh, faith group, this faith community. Um, but Philippi, uh, has, I I love the way history connects then, right? Because we know that Philippi was actually named for Alexander the Great's father. That's so cool. (laughs) That's so neat. So it was named for his father, um, so uh, Philip of Macedon. So it was also the capital then of the Greek Empire around 320, 332 BC. But then the, now it's part of um, part of the Roman Empire. It Philippi became a place where where Roman soldiers and uh, um, and commanders would retire to. So it was a very heavily Roman. Um, uh, area and it was also like they were it was also tax-free for them right as a Roman citizen they didn't have to worry about taxes so that is where these people find themselves as new Christians as Christ followers um, this idea of speaking of a different king of another lord um, not talking of Caesar, <laughs> but of Jesus. That was That was really a big deal and a big mind shift uh, for them to be able to um, grapple with. The letter, though, of the Philippians is written, uh we think around 60 62 so about 10 years after Paul had been there that's when we think that this letter was written and it was while Paul was in prison and um and probably the majority of people would tell you that he was imprisoned in Rome some people would would debate that but that's that's the majority thought that he was actually in Rome so my map was shrunk a little bit but but the uh purple, no, sorry, green. That's what, the one we're not able to see. Real, um, so the green is how he ended up over there in Rome, which would have been after this, after he had been to Philippi, right? Sorry, that purple is confusing me over there, which is also hard to see. Okay. All right. So we've got when Paul was in Philippi, we got a little bit about it. Is there anything that you're seeing in your Notes or if there's something that comes up as we um as we sit with this throughout the week and you just say, Oh, you know what? I came upon that. That was we didn't mention that, or that's a neat fact.
1: My introduction just adds in that this is the letter to the Philippine Philippians is the most personal yes. one of all his letters. Yeah. Is what it says. It also says Even though he was writing from prison, this letter is full of joy. The Mm -hmm. words joy or rejoice are used 13 times in these four chapters. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And we'll definitely talk more about that. Well, let's get into the meat of it then. (laughs) So like I said, I, I just think we... We're just going to read through it and talk about it as we go. Um, Make notes along the way, have conversation, ask questions, figure out what we're unsure of and what we want to talk more about. So right here at the beginning, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Paul will uh, often include someone else with him. So if there's somebody else in the greeting, it typically indicates that that person is with them, with him, right? So not only has Timothy been on these journeys, Timothy um, would be sent as well because we hear Paul will say, you know, Timothy was with you or Timothy took this or brought that or, or you gave an offering and Timothy did something with it. So Timothy's done Maybe more traveling than Paul. That would be interesting to see what Timothy's journeys looked like. <laughs> um, but so Paul is saying that Timothy is with him there in prison, and he identifies them as servants of Christ Jesus. He immediately is saying, "We are slaves of Christ. We are under His authority. We have all we have been." purchased by Christ, we belong to Christ Jesus. Um, That is is the important thing that he wants to start with. And then to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. Uh, So this is not a letter to the overseers and the deacons to be shared with the community, which he does sometimes, you know, at the end of a letter, share this with others. So this is to everyone. This is to everyone. And it's It's thought that this, um, this church is probably about 50 to 100 people. So that's that's the size group that he's sending it to. But he's including the overseers and the deacons, right? So even though it's not a huge number of people, there are still those who are um, in leadership, right? There are still some who are in leadership over this group. So then he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Can we go back to that? Yes. Why would he call out differently the overseers and the deacons? If it's to all of God's holy people in Philippi, Mm Wouldn't that automatically include them? Why does he call them
0: out? separately? Yeah. So just thinking about that, um, you know, if he if he typically sent letters specifically to the overseers or the deacons, the fact that he would say the people, all the people first. So you know, while this is a letter coming, it's not just going. To the overseers and the deacons. I want it to go to everybody, including the ones that you would assume my letter is going to. Yeah.
2: Would it be similar, just as like an analogy? Yeah. If someone sent a letter personal, yes. this is personal, very yeah. personal. Yep, yep. To our congregation and oh also to Ty and Allen or mm-hmm. something like that. In other words, including those uh-huh. in charge of the church church. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah.
0: But would it be okay? Yeah. Yeah? Right. To Chippewa United Methodist Church, including your pastors.
2: Yeah, I want this to go to the congregation, but
0: including the pastors. Yeah. Yeah. So then it, it's a, and this is a very common thing for Paul to do grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, grace. Like you mentioned, Vivian. So grace and joy actually come from the same root, uh, the same Greek root, charis. And so that's the root is charis. Um, So grace... Um, And, and so I've seen, I've seen two different things that grace or joy is referred to 14 times. And then I read another commentary that refers to it 16 times. So there's a lot of talk of grace and joy (laughs) in, uh, in this, in these four short little chapters. Um, but grace, that undeserved kindness, Right, grace—that—that that which we receive not because we deserve it. Um, interestingly, in his greeting there, the grace and peace—peace—is the Hebrew word shalom, right? And that is not just an absence of um, of chaos. But a peace is an overall well-being. That shalom is that all would be well, that all would be well with you. So kind of neat that he, he uses the Greek and the Hebrew um, there. So then he continues, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy joy. (laughs) Not happiness, not a delighted heart, but with joy. And joy being that deep and abiding conviction of God's goodness. God's goodness being God's grace that you don't deserve. Yeah. Because that is, that can be possessed at any time, right? Joy can, can absolutely be your constant state when you know that it, when you have that deep and abiding conviction of God's goodness. Nothing can, nothing can take that away. The joy of the Lord is something that we can possess constantly. So that joy, which again has that same root there with the chorus, But he talks about then, as we go on, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And he does, this is as he's beginning to talk about them, he starts talking about how, about this affection that he has for them and this love that he has for them. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, do you notice too, like that? I found this interesting as I was reading some things, um, we've already heard Christ proclaimed three times in those first six verses. And this is, this is important to highlight because, um, because Christ is, the way of referring to the anointed leader that is that is the word that identifies that king of kings that lord of lords and that is exactly the way that roman emperors that nero would have said i am king of kings i am lord of lords i am son of i am a son of the gods and so Paul here is saying, it's not just Jesus of Nazareth, <laughs> it is Christ Jesus, it is the Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Well, that's the way, during the crucifixion, that the mocking happened, you know, king of the Jews, yeah. so it was that same idea, Lord of Lord, king of, you know, and that's what the Roman uh, emperors felt, so that's the, yes. the mockery, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll we'll see a lot more of uh, Christ mentioned <laughs> as we go, but that's a good little thing to kind of allow our ears to be pricked by. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. How deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So amazingly, something about this group of people, right, that from the very beginning, there has been this partnership. There's been an understanding. They've just, you know, like they just clicked. And he has a deep affection for them and misses them. That's pretty pretty neat. And that even there in his imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, they continue to be a partner with him. He says, and I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment. So that love is that agape love, that selfless love that is Uh, a love for others, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge, in the good and right things, and every kind of discernment. And that discernment, that word with discernment, is um, a moral discernment, spoken of in that way. So that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God.
3: When I read that, uh, I look at it as practice what you preach.
0: Hmm.
3: You know, don't uh, just go out and talk and live it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Something else I was thinking of too. I think Paul's reminding him them hopefully when he uses the words they uh, love discernment with knowledge and things because he knows what it's like to follow dogma when mm-hmm. he before he found christ mm-hmm. on the road he was a very dogmatic tyrant yeah. following the law the mosaic law like, right to the t to the point where yeah uh it overpowered him so i think maybe he's saying just with discernment yep. quiet and love and faith yeah so that you don't get over, mm-hmm. but I don't want to use the word zealous or something mm-hmm.
0: like Yeah, but that's exactly what he was. He describes himself as zealous for the law. Yeah, yeah, that he, that's who he was before Christ, before Christ, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: The tone of this, what strikes me as so interesting is that um, the church of Philippi was worried about him. And wanted yeah. to send him encouragement. And mm-hmm. and yet he turns it around as wanting to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Almost without saying, I'm fine. Saying, you know, building them up as to how important their love is and that he's together with them in prayer, that he inadvertently comforts them when yeah. they intended to comfort him.
0: Yeah. 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 It's really beautiful. Yeah. So let's continue then with verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. So there he is sitting in prison saying that what is happening has actually advanced the gospel. (laughs) So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. So I would love to know who those brothers are, you know, because obviously he has had so many people that he names throughout his journeys. And we know that people, you know, have helped to pen his letters. So to know who, who all was with him at that time um, would be really neat. But even those who are with him, um, that they have gained confidence. Verse 15, to be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. <laughs> I just, it is so important to hear that, I think. Um, one of the commentaries that I was listening to and, and, um, talked about, like the person talked about how when he was starting a new church and in the same community that he was in, there were like three other churches that were starting plant church plants that were starting at the same time. And if, like, initially they would like call each other every week and, Hey, how was your week? How many people did you have? How many people did you have? And then like the one just kind of was taken off a little more than the others and so they stopped calling each other like cuz they didn't want to hear how well, I don't want to hear how good things are going for you because it you know started this envy and this rivalry almost and they were like yeah we got to stop that <laughs> because it's not about it's not about a rivalry and yet you know Paul is acknowledging sure Some may preach Christ out of envy or feeling that sense of rivalry. So that reverts back
2: to his caution
0: about discernment
2: and knowledge, right? He's just being careful here. Now listen to the word, Mm and then use your spiritual discernment because they could
0: come up against
2: preachers that are like this too. Is that what he said? Um,
0: Partially, but as we continue, hear what he says though as we continue. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. But then he says, what does it matter? What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice,
1: and the context is these are people who are preaching there in Rome. Yes, all
0: right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Be as a result of as his imprisonment. As a result of his okay. witness yes. to them yeah. in imprisonment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he says there, the end of 18, beginning of 19, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Because we, we don't know, Paul didn't know at that point, if he was about to die. He had no idea, right? He was in prison, he didn't know how long he was going to be there or what the ultimate verdict would be. Um, and we believe that it's at least another two years after this letter before Paul actually um, dies. Um, can I go back to yeah. verse 13? Yeah. Sure what does
2: yours say about the palace guard?
0: Um. Mine says the whole palace. Okay, yeah, yeah that's, palace that word <laughs> caught me. The whole, yeah.
3: bunch.
2: The the
0: whole yeah. imperial the guard. The whole
3: yeah. palace. I don't, I
2: don't, don't know, know how whole. many that would be, but that's yeah. everyone. And they were servants, right? Sort of, kind of? Mm-hmm. Guarding me. Yep. yep. That just blew me away that word yeah, hole. I just to all the palace guards and everyone else knows. So yes. Yes. word travels fast. Right. Yes. yes. The, whole yeah, the whole of it.
0: Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're fine. I also feel that
3: that uh, verse twenty, um, when he talks about being ashamed hmm. of uh, in prison, I, to me that would be a very difficult time that it would be almost a time that he could feel like, I'm going to abandon all this, I can't do this, mm-hmm. and yet he stood very staunchly and accepted Christ and said he was a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. but I think he could have abandoned all this, and
0: sure, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, and then he keeps going. <laughs> Verse 21, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I am torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. That as much as he would be happy to be at the end of his life and to be with Christ, the fact that he understands that his physical presence would do more to continue to share. Yeah. I'm like to
2: thinking we often consider Christ as the suffering servant, and Paul liked to reflect on his life Yes. Yeah. think that, like you know. So he literally by living he would become mm-hmm. as Christ was a suffering servant, and he saw his role. Mm-hmm. His, uh, yeah. His commitment was well, his commitment was. I think that's what is so inspiring about all of his letters. His commitment is just. Unwavering.
0: It's just there. I mean, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So verse 27, just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. So of all of the all that he's said so far here in chapter one, this is like this is a biggie. Live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. He's, it's like he's identifying that in Philippi, they're already suffering, you know, that even just 10 years in, this is not an easy thing to be a follower of Christ. So live your life worthy of the gospel. Then whether I come and see you or I'm absent, whether he can or not, I will hear about you That you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. Man, thanks for loving us, but wow. I mean, if they didn't recognize it before, if they weren't already in the midst of it, for him to call out to them that, that it's not only to live and believe in him but to suffer for him as well
1: um. well I I think it you know he's putting it in context of leaders come and go and you don't know the price you pay mm-hmm. for aligning with a certain philosophy or mm-hmm sect or Mm -hmm. denomination or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be and so I think it's a clear warning to them that you have to be pretty brave to stand firm and dig your heels in Mm -hmm. to follow Christ because there will be consequences to choosing him as your Lord and leader
0: and how you face that adversity is a witness. You know, that's a witness to to this faith, to who who you're saying you believe in. For you to face that adversity head on and 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 recognize that it is all for the glory of God. Yeah. That's quite a witness. Good. So Thirty little verses, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, just over a page or whatever it look, looks like in your um, in your Bible, but but in those verses, what are you? What what has struck you? Because uh, you know, I thought, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll invite people to you know memorize a verse each week. I thought, well, I don't know if I want to do that because we all, something speaks to us in in different ways. We've all read the same thing, we've talked about it, but I'm sure that there's something that's standing out to you that may not have struck me in the same way.
3: I think one thing that stood out for me was that we truly need each other Mm -hmm. to support to study, to, I'm bringing it up almost to today's time, Mm -hmm. that we, in order for us to achieve all these wonderful things in these short little verses here, that we need each other Mm -hmm. uh, to become and know that we are truly in the presence
2: of Christ. Mm -hmm. And you're right too, Betty, because uh, towards the end of the first chapter, He said, then whether, this is my translation, then whether I come and visit you, this would be verse 27, Mm -hmm. Uh, then whether I come and visit you or I am away from you, I will hear that you are standing strong with one purpose, that you work together. I think that's important too, the unity of the church and the family of believers like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, Mm -hmm. that we need each other to rely on, so if one starts to, to waiver a faith or have a problem that we are there to correct or mm-hmm. uphold or you know yeah. sustain.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Contending yeah. together,
2: and it almost sounds like too
3: in those last verses that suffering is a privilege in a way that mm-hmm. it, it it many times will strengthen us. Mm-hmm. When do we go to Christ? When do we really mm-hmm. you know the God of the mountains still God of the valley? And when we're down here and we're suffering, we know we have to turn to Christ. And it's a privilege in many ways. It makes mm-hmm. us stronger. It, it's hard to think that way, but, right. uh,
0: yeah. Anyone else have something that's just really, really hitting them here?
2: It starts out so nicely but Any, <laughs> any kind of and shalom, and he just—I mean, there he is in prison, but he still, like, you know, everybody's been saying, and, and you know, Vivian shared. As much as he is suffering, he still worries about them and wants to encourage them and uplift them, mm-hmm. and appreciates all that they have done for him. Mm-hmm. And but it just has that—he just eases, and he doesn't come in and say, "Now listen, while I'm in here, you got to be sure to do this, this, this." He just is so kind about everything, mm-hmm. and I think during that suffering of being there in prison uh, gave him that opportunity to really reflect. Because he, for the most part, he was isolated. Maybe, maybe not. We know there were people around because mm-hmm. So I mean, people were acknowledging him, and maybe you know, conversions happened and things like that. But he still didn't have that group around him that mm-hmm. often was. So he had a chance to really think. And he presents his message and such a beautiful man, that it's a very kind interest, and I, can, that's why I love this book, and of course, joy and grace are my favorite <laughs> words, it so it's all about that. Right, right,
0: right, yeah, yep. Well, um, two things that I wanted, well, so one thing about, um, I don't, I, I came across this quote in one of the things that I was uh, looking at and reading, I don't know if you've heard it before. People are like stained glass windows; they sparkle and shine when the sun is out. But when the darkness sets in, their true beauty is revealed only if there is light from within. Oh, man, I, I'm amazed by stained glass. Like I got just, you know, if you get into a place that's just full of stained glass, it just is. Well, this church and even, at
2: night, if the service yeah. isn't light. Uh, and sun so got all the lights on. I still love that Christmas tree yeah. because mm-hmm. you know you can see it, and it really our mm-hmm. windows just
0: uh, yeah. And if if you catch it just right on Sunday morning, well, in the morning, you know they're beautiful reflections that hit uh, across. But but you know I just thought yeah we you know we're we're like those windows, we've got all kinds of colors, but depending on on the light, right? And the last thing I wanted to share um, was John Wesley's covenant prayer that he um, that he sets out. Uh, we It's in our liturgy to use at the beginning of every year. Um, but I just feel, really feel like it captures Paul. <laughs> you know, and so that as we begin uh, looking through um Philippians I just really felt like that this was a really good thing for us to see and be reminded of um but John Wesley um, has this prayer that says I am no longer my own but thine put me to what thou wilt make me uh, rank me with whom thou wilt put me to doing put me to suffering And it's just, you know, the, especially there, those beginnings, like that is what Paul is saying. Paul, as a servant of Christ, whatever it is, God, if if you need me to be put in prison and brought low, and that means that your your name will be glorified, let it be so. If you want me to be traveling around the country and proclaiming your word to large numbers of people, that's what I'm going to do. Um, whatever it might be, I am your servant. So I just thought that was a, a nice little thing to be able to tie in to be reminded of.
2: How, How much is it in prison? Because he wrote several letters. This was, I think, the fourth one he wrote from prison,
0: wasn't it? Uh, well, I don't know that answer. I can't tell you specifically. Uh, but I think it was well, one of you know, He wrote That's several cool.
2: from prison during this time, but I think it was before. I don't know. But I wondered how long his imprisonment was. Mm-hmm. We're talking years,
0: years. Yeah. It it wasn't a short time. No.
2: Well, he did a lot of writing, and so, yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll look that up. We'll look. We'll have an answer next time. I find it very interesting. I didn't know,
1: as we were looking at the introduction, I didn't know that the man who went to see him ended up getting sick. Yeah. And I think how God's timing is so perfect that he orchestrated, not that he made this guy sick or anything, but he orchestrated his delay so that Paul had the time mm-hmm. and the contemplation and the analysis to put all of this together to send back with him. Mm-hmm. I did, it, to me, yes. that was an eye-opener today. Yeah, mm-hmm. What was his name? <laughs> up, up, yeah.
2: Epaphrodites. Whatever. Epaphrodites. Yeah. Epaphrodites. That,
1: you know, it, when we see circumstances and think, why is this happening? Yeah. We don't know the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. orchestration that is going on for Mm -hmm. the greater glory or the bigger picture Mm -hmm. or the future outcome. Mm -hmm. And so it gave Paul the time to really be with his thoughts and to think over the people in Philippi, Mm -hmm. to really compose, all of this yeah. to send back with him because he was delayed being there. Otherwise Absolutely. it would have been a, hey guys, I'm fine. And I <laughs> care what, you know, <laughs> how you doing. Yeah. <laughs> Food's bad here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Next time, send me the food or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: but the beauty in mm-hmm. the circumstances. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. There was a study that I had done once that was, um, going through the whole Bible, and it just continued to talk about God's story and our story and those timelines that run right along, but we have no idea, what you know, what it is that God has planned, that God's timing is going to be, and you're right, because it's what we see doesn't look like there's a way, right, but God's provision comes in, and like, wow.
2: After you, like what you were saying, Suddenly
0: you look back on and say, Hey yeah. that was you know, they say that yeah.
2: coincidences, you know, no, no coincidence with it. It just God it's has, made he's got made away.
1: I know, but then when you get the chance to look back and reflect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty great. Good and stuff.
1: we see that also in the the verses, starting verse I think that says twelve, I don't know my glasses on. Verse twelve, where Paul himself has the insight to see how his imprisonment Mm -hmm. is again furthering the gospel even in a new place in a pagan area that you wouldn't think Mm -hmm. you could have an impact Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of our missionaries Mm -hmm. you know and as we are called we may plant the seed Mm -hmm. but we may not see the harvest Mm -hmm. and Paul was given the opportunity to already see some of the harvest for the seeds that he was called to plant.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to encourage you to uh, read through the book of Philippians at least once this week. Um, to read what we've just read in Philippians 1, but you know, it's not that long. So whether it's all in one sitting or a couple times throughout the week, just to really get yourself kind of immersed in it. Especially next week, we'll talk in chapter two. um, Some call it the the Messiah hymn or the Christ hymn. And um, so that's just, I love that, that part. I've I tried to memorize it. Is so. that also called,
2: because I can remember in the it, it like Bible years and years ago, the kenosis passage. K-E-N-O-S-I-S. Must be Greek for something. Yeah. That's
0: your assignment. Oh, Greek one. <laughs> How's yes. your assignment? Wow. <laughs> All right, we'll look it up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll look it up. The
2: kenosis, K-N-E-O-S-I-S,
3: kenosis. Uh-huh. That's definitely Greek. Yeah. 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 Greek to me. <laughs> Greek to me. Greek <laughs> <laughs> to me. But the more I studied Philippians and some of his his other writings, I still really try to bring it to modern times, bring it to our own lives and what we have heard. And as um, Vib said, the missionaries going out, their commitment, some of them suffered terribly, some of them were slaughtered. You know, they but they were planting seeds, as you said. And I, 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 from my own personal experience, Mm -hmm. know both of those situations of missionaries that stayed behind during the war and lived in caves, and missionaries went to Africa, friends of mine that were massacred Mm -hmm. in the Congo, you know, back in those days. And this wasn't just in my time in my life, but how that has gone through so many of the other. The thread that has gone from the writings of the scripture all the way through. It's just like a ribbon that goes and the things, even the difficulties in the churches today. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us don't respect the church down the street because they don't have a cross in their sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like this. And just as he said, there was conflict, there was envy. And it is gone. It's not just written back.
0: Right.
3: After Christ was born, but it mm-hmm. applies to us today. Mm-hmm. And I think more of us have to look at it
1: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm.
3: this was written for us today,
1: also, not just back then. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that he just discounts it. You know, whatever their purpose is, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. cares what their motivation yeah. is? Yes. Yeah. And we don't yeah. think that way, many yeah. of us. We don't. We, we don't. pass you judgment. Know, yeah. We're mm-hmm. very
3: judgmental. Mm-hmm. And, uh Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think too, Betty, as you say, bringing it to current times. I, I've been very cranky through this <laughs> pandemic. It makes me very cranky and moody, and I'm just not a happy person. And I, you know, take that to God, and I think, what do I do with this? And I know it's because I'm a type A personality and control and. But I read something in my daily prayers two days ago, and it made so much sense. I don't remember what the Bible passage was, but the analysis and meditation under it was that so often we focus on outcomes Mm -hmm. and what is the outcome. And just like Paul is setting the pace here, he's not thinking of what the outcome is. He's really painting the current circumstances,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this is where I see God working. And mm-hmm. just like you said in your message yesterday, Ty, write down your thankful notes yeah. of where God is showing up. And I really am learning through that to pull back and just like Paul, be in the present.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I want to know what the outcome is. I want to work towards it getting better, and but you just get to <laughs> these
0: circumstances, right? Right. Well, that in uh, I hadn't mentioned it, but there at the beginning in verses three and four, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy uh, for you and all in in my every prayer that um, the thanks and the prayers. That keep you joy focused, right? That if we are consistent in thanking God, if we are consistent in our prayers, that like our that's where your joy is going to be. But it you've got to be consistent in those things in the pres in the present. <laughs> yeah. And personally,
3: and personally, that has been very difficult. Yeah, yeah. When you pray, so sometimes it's for yeah. me it is extremely difficult to be thankful <laughs> to show joy and yeah. to uh, praise him for all that he's done because I look around and think such right. suffering is going on yeah. and not just physical suffering but emotional yeah. mentally mm-hmm. and it, it's extremely difficult for mm-hmm. me to
2: and that's why this is such a prevalent book i will on top of this but it's absolutely. Absolutely. the fourth chapter we'll get to that because yeah. we're going to be reading it but anyways uh, it says, "Do not worry about anything, yeah. but pray and ask God for everything you need. Always giving thanks and His peace, which is so great we can't understand it, will keep our hearts and minds in Christ." In other words, that's where you get your joy and fulfillment. Yeah. With in other words, in the moment, you know, praying and you know, for and giving thanks for what's here, regardless of the circumstances. Yeah. And you're right; that is the hardest thing. Yeah. It really is. This pandemic has brought out a meanness that is just. It's ugly, absolutely ugly. And so prayerfully, groups like this, yeah. will start to bring out and
1: we'll be more sensitive, yeah. And Betty, it's as you said, it's it's the lack of community. Yeah. I think that's we one of each the each things that yeah. is making me cranky, mm-hmm. is we miss each other. I, we're I'm not alone in, in my prayer life, to, together And we have to yeah. be together we we to support.
0: But Paul says, Whether I am present it with it or you not? Right. or not, where he found himself there in the midst <laughs> of prison, <Yeah>. <laughs> in his imprisonment.
3: He still found joy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's in the thanksgiving, it's in the prayers. And it's, yeah. Yep. God's got this. <laughs> good, good stuff. Thank you. Let's close with a uh, prayer. God of grace and peace, we give you thanks for that undeserved goodness that you give us. We thank you for this shalom, this this overarching wholeness, not just a fleeting peace, but but an all-encompassing peace. We give you thanks. And God, we pray that just as we have discussed and shared with one another with one another this morning lord we pray that we would be instruments of that grace and peace and that as you have entrusted this with us that we would be faithful in sharing that grace and that shalom With your people. May it be said of us as Paul has declared that we have suffered, that we have done all we can to declare your goodness and your salvation. And so, God, fill us with that joy that joy that is abounding, that overflows from us as we give you our thanks and as we lift our prayers to you. Thank you, gracious God, for this time and all that is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening. Again, this is Pastor Ty, the associate pastor here at Chippewa United Methodist Church, and we hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you don't miss out on next week's study. And you can find us at Chippewa United Methodist Church on Facebook, Vimeo, SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We'll talk to you soon.